don't blame me. Love made me crazy. Welcome to Tay to Z, where we chat about every Taylor Swift song in alphabetical order. I'm Deb. And I'm Gab. And we will be your hosts on this journey. In our last episode, we talked about Delicate from Reputation. Delicate. (laughs) So good. So good. And today, we are discussing another song from Rep, two in a row. Mm Mm-hmm. Don't Blame Me. Don't Blame Me is the fourth track on Reputation. Reputation was released on November 10th, 2017, and this song was another one co-written by Max Martin Shellback. Our boys. So good. They know how to write some songs. Yeah. Don't Blame Me has been played live 53 times. All of these were on her Reputation World Tour back in 2018. And this song performed live was seriously epic. So epic. On the DVD, it was pretty epic as well. Guys, when Devin says DVD, he just means the recording on Netflix. Yeah, the Netflix We don't special. have this on DVD. I, it's becoming a thing now for me to just say it on the DVD. <laughs> on the DVD. <laughs> so, Gab, what do you think of this song? I love this song. Okay. And it's heavenly gospel vibes. Ooh. The background vocals and the way they sound together with Taylor is so good and so full. And I actually think... This is one of Taylor's better songs vocally. Mm. I think that, especially towards the end, like the moment near the end where the fill in the back drops out during that last chorus, mm-hmm. where they're all like singing and then there's no nothing in the background. Oh, Lord, save me. My drug is my baby. I'll be re- I'd be using for the rest of my life. And then Taylor riffs like over the background, uh-huh. using for the rest of my life. Oh, oh. Yeah, it's yeah. amazing. Like, Epic is the only word I can describe it. And she and, she hits that pose. Yeah, she hits her, that classic Taylor. Classic Taylor belting her face off pose. And it's just so good and it shows how far her voice had grown, how strong mm. her voice is. I just love that. That's my favorite part of the whole song. <laughs> and I just like, I always have loved a gospel vibe. It just feels heavenly. It's, mm. it's really, really cool. And so well, that's how I feel about this song. And I do think... That there is a discrepancy on how fans feel about this song, who saw it live, versus those who haven't seen it live. Mm-hmm. Um, when I first saw, like, first heard the song when I listened to Reputation, like, I liked it, but it didn't hit me in the same way as some of the other ones. Like, I did something bad, mm-hmm. or uh, this is why we can't have nice things. There are certain songs so that, like, me. the angry ones hit me stronger yeah. than Don't Blame Me. But seeing it live changed everything for me Mm. and i can't think of it as anything else as almost holy it was like taylor took us to church basically yeah it was really cool and i love when i see an artist where you can feel that way because music i always say is like like this like higher feeling that can connect you Mm -hmm. in this way and you know uh Bruce Springsteen's Land of Hope and Dreams makes me feel like that. Mm. Like, just songs that kind of take you to a different level. And that's kind of how I feel about Don't Blame Me. I love that. What about you? That's a very interesting thing, because we talked about in some of her earlier songs when she was really fully country and on the Christmas album Mm -hmm. of Christmases Must Be Something More, that God had been 
part of her vernacular. Yeah, like in uh, our song. In our song and stuff and and you know, and Jesus being the the baby boy who saved our souls. Yes. And everything. And how she transitioned into love being her church. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and that's very evident in the lover era uh, in like you need to calm down. Like love is and and her people fill that church yeah. that she loves. Well, how about false god? False god, don't blame me. Yeah, like created this thing where like the love that she has with Joe and the relationship and the love that she has with her friends has become her church and her love, the love that she has for music. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, and so it makes sense that she would write a song like mm-hmm. this that's like an anthem, a gospel that literally is the exclamation of don't blame me love is my baby you know (laughs) it's my drug yeah and i'll be using it for the rest of my life it's pretty cool and i i love that transition because you know faith in people comes in many different forms Mm -hmm. different things are important to different people Mm -hmm. and i can completely get behind music being a faith yeah like it definitely moves me. Yeah. It definitely puts me into places where, you know, if I'm down, it can lift me up. Yeah. Well, and such a big thing about um, organized religion is a collective experience. Mm-hmm. And so for me, as someone who didn't grow up going to church or temple, going to a concert was really some of those first times I ever had collective experiences mm-hmm. with a group. And sure. so equating music to that feeling of experiencing a higher feeling with a group of mm-hmm. people. And was kind of that first experience. Yeah, and that's why music is such a big thing in religion. Exactly. Is because it brings people together, you know, singing gospels and singing in church and singing in temple and everything. Yeah, it's some like, of the most beautiful. Yeah. And I mean, I I love sacred Christmas songs. Mm-hmm. Oh, holy night for days. <laughs> you know, like music just allows you to transcend. Yeah. And it really is incredible. And and so I can completely understand seeing this live mm-hmm. must have just been like an out of body, like unbelievable experience. Yeah, it was so, so powerful. And as everyone on the podcast knows, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I wasn't there. I know, so which I have we bring not up had every time reputation gets come, brought up. And so for me, the song lacks mm. because of that, I mm-hmm. think. This is, again, an album that I haven't had the most time with mm-hmm. and this is a song that i haven't had a lot of time with either and that's mainly because the vibe of it and the production of it doesn't really jam with me mm-hmm. that paired with the repetition mm-hmm. which sometimes is fine for me and sometimes can get to me the two together really make it so that i, I don't really go out of my way to listen to this one mm. i Love, though, the mmms mm. throughout the whole song. Mm-hmm. Like, it just gives it this sultry, you know. I mean, the vibe that she gives in this song completely works. Like, yeah. it is the point of the song. Like, I totally get it. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't vibe with me. Yeah. Well, and I think it's interesting, too, to explore Taylor really delving into being sexy. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily for the first time. There were elements of 1989 where that came up, mm-hmm. like with style yep. and, you know, 
tight little skirt kind uh-huh. of stuff. He's taking off his coat. Yeah. But I think it's very interesting in Reputation where she kind of leaned into that more. And we're going to obviously get into that a lot more when we get to dress. Yeah. But I think that's an important element of this and the mm-mms mm-hmm. and the sultry vibe. Like this is very adult Taylor. Like Reputation is very, she has transitioned into being a woman. Yeah. And like yeah. she is laying it down. And mm-hmm. I totally am there for it. Mm-hmm. I gotta say, though, like, listening to this song this week, like, it's absolutely an earworm. Mm-hmm. Like, it gets stuck in your head. Totally. Like, and that's definition of pop. Like, if it can get stuck in your head, awesome. Like, yeah. that's what they want. I mean, I found myself going, I get so high. Oh! Yeah, I love that me, part. you look at me. Like, you know? So, like, there are parts of the song that, like, I'm in for mm-hmm. that I can completely understand that if I was that concert and if I were seeing it live I would just be completely obsessed with that yeah but unfortunately I only have the recording yeah and I don't have that experience that you had yeah and that a lot of Swifties had yeah. seeing it live you know which I am really bummed about and she was in like, like a total power outfit yeah, like with these that boots, like like that, that like awesome outfit it was like a dress robe kind yeah. of thing yeah epic this isn't one that I will go to this definitely you know isn't in my top mm. But I, I completely respect it and understand it and, and know why she wrote it. And it absolutely works where it is in her discography like totally. and on the album. Totally. You know? Yeah, I agree. Do you relate to this song? I do. First, I have a funny story <laughs> oh? about seeing this song specifically on tour other than how I felt listening to it. So at the Reputation concert I was at... There was a very young girl seated behind me. (laughs) She had to have been like seven years old, like young, there with her mom, was a big fan, which is awesome. But she knew every word to this song in particular. And while we were at the tour, she was scream singing the song. And I'm like, you know, in the concert, but I hear the seven-year-old behind me say, screaming, Lord, save me. My drug is my baby. I'll be using for the rest of my life. And I was just, it was hilarious. And also like, God, I hope this girl has no idea what she's singing about, you know? (laughs) And like her mom being like, okay, whatever, go ahead and sing along. It was funny too, because she was like, you know, really feeling the song as if Mm -hmm. she understood the experience. Like completely. (laughs) I loved it. That's funny. Uh, it was it was really cute, and um, I wonder where she is today because it's been a while. She would actually be a preteen today, yeah, she and might probably be, really get this song. Might, she might be listening to this podcast. So if that was you, let us know. <laughs> it was July twenty first, maybe two thousand eighteen. Two thousand eighteen. Yeah. <laughs> so if you're at that concert, that may have been you. Yeah, in New York. Yeah. So yeah, that's funny. That's just like a personal anecdote that this song makes me think I of love it. every time I listen to it. I can relate to feelings of love making me crazy at times and, you know, falling head over heels. But I kind of reject the idea, if it doesn't, you ain't doing it right. Like, Mm. love made me crazy if it doesn't, you ain't doing it right. Because I think when a love is, like, truly right and real, it won't make you crazy and it won't make you doubt, but it'll make you feel secure and seen. Sure. And I feel like Taylor feels that same way, too, with Joe. And I really think in this song – she is playing with her persona of how she is in a relationship to the media. Yeah, right. And I'm going to get into that more in Gossip Gab. So though I reject this, the lyrics at face value, I understand what Taylor's saying. Right. Yeah. yeah. What about you? Do you relate to the song? I can relate to the fact of like, my drug is my baby. <laughs> you know, like the feeling that, you know, someone in your life can make you feel better and 
more excited and crazy than any, you know, drug or alcohol Mm -hmm. or coffee or anything. Yeah. You know, it can relate to that. And then the other thing that I relate to is my name is whatever you decide. (laughs) (laughs) What what do you mean by that? Because we just call each other baby. Oh, so like I've created your whatever your name is. Yeah, like whatever you want to call me, you can call me. Did anyone call you Dev before me? Dev was kind of like a close friend term. Mm -hmm. I think that there were only a couple of people who really coined that. You definitely are one of those that have actually really started calling me Dev, but not very many other people. Yeah. And I don't do it all the time. No. It's just like, I think it depends on what mood I'm in. It, it goes well with Gab. Gab and Dev. Yeah, it's like, cute. Like, it's cute. Well, oh, you know what? I probably started doing it when we did our wedding hashtag. Ooh. Hashtag yeah. Dev gets the gift of Gab. <laughs> so I don't know if that's what that line means. My name is whatever you decide, but I interpret it that way. Of like, the other person can call me whatever they want because you're my baby. Yeah, I'm your baby. Exactly. Yeah. Before you, like, no one called me baby. Like, what? Yeah, well, that's like a in love kind of thing. I guess. And even if there was, uh, you know, relationship I was in, I was never baby. I wonder if there are people who don't use that. For me, that's like my tell when I know, oh my God, I'm in love. It just comes out. Like, you know what Taylor says? In King of My Heart, she says, and now you try on calling me baby, like you're trying on clothes. Mm. Like, sometimes it just slips out. Sure. And that's when I was like, oh my god, I'm in love with Devin. Because, yeah. like, I just called you, I, like, called you baby. It's like a term of endearment that, like, just, like, I feel. Yeah, and then, you know. How Which you... is, like, kind of cheesy, but it just is what it is. Yeah, and I've never called any, I never called any of my significant others baby. Really? No. That's so funny. <laughs> no, so that's definitely just a you thing. I think I need to ask other friends of mine if that's how they are. Mm. So those are the two ways that I relate. Now we get to the section of gossip. Don't Blame Me incorporates two of the topics that are in the majority of Reputation songs. The media hates me, and I'm in love with Joe Alwyn. A little generalized, but it's an idea. I mean, they're the that's like the thesis. Yeah. of of the album in this song taylor is unapologetic for her public reputation as a heartbreaker with the lines i've been breaking hearts a long time and toying with the older guys just play things for me to use talking about her exes who were older than her Mm -hmm. her most recent exes up to this point as well as how the media viewed her right basically calling her like a man eater breaking hearts toying with she knew what she was doing yeah Eventually, the song turns from that, and Taylor explores her love with Joe, equating him to something drug-like and the love to something holy. She says, something happened for the first time in the darkest little paradise, shaking, pacing, I just need you. For you, I would cross the line. I would waste my time. I would lose my mind. They say she's gone too far this time. Mm. As I mentioned a little earlier, I believe that the extended drug metaphor of Taylor as the overly obsessed girlfriend with my drug is my baby, I'll be using for the rest of my life, is a take on what she feels the media wants us to believe about her and her image as an obsessive and possessive girlfriend. Yeah. That was kind of, you know, Taylor's reputation 
at the time in relationships and how people viewed her. And when Reputation was being written, we didn't know she was in a relationship with Joe. The public didn't know. Right. So it's this idea of this character of who people think Taylor is versus who she actually is, which, you know, fits with – that's the whole – overall narrative of reputation the outside and media perception versus what taylor's reality was at the time so i think especially because it's in the early part of this album where you have a lot of like the big heavy hitter songs Mm -hmm. it's a lot of like hey this is what the media thinks so i'm gonna dive into it and i'm gonna be this person i'm gonna come at you bombastically yeah and then the album starts like slowly turning and there's some more vulnerability in there and it kind of starts sleeping in slowly and though i do think in some ways Taylor does feel this strong, holy feeling towards Joe. I think that it's heightened because of it being on the Reputation album sure. and what she was saying with this album. Sure. In regards to the line, I once was Poison Ivy, but now I'm your Daisy, which is a line that I love Great in line. this song. It's so good. I think that it can have double meaning. It speaks to Taylor's dark times with the media, equating her to Poison Ivy, which most people don't want to touch or be around, Mm -hmm. and that despite all of that, despite her reputation as Poison Ivy, Joe sees her as his daisy, which is a beautiful and cheerful flower. Yeah. And uh, another meaning that some fans I read about online... They also think Daisy could connect to the character of Daisy from The Great Gatsby, who Gatsby was enamored with and was the one woman he could never forget. Sure. We assume Taylor has read The Great Gatsby because she references it in the song This Is Why We Can't Have Nice Things, saying, feeling so Gatsby for that whole year. And that whole performance on the tour was great Gatsby. Yes, it was like, very Gatsby. Yeah. I feel like both of these meanings could have influenced the lyric, you know? Like, Taylor That's doesn't only draw from reality, she also draws from things she reads, movies she sees, other songs she's heard, poems she's read. Mm-hmm. So I think it's interesting those two ideas coming together. Even if it's not conscious, if she is a fan of Fitzgerald, which a lot of people guess she is sure it could just been an underlying idea like she could have picked any flower daisy obviously works in the lyric but it could have been you know i love that i thought it was interesting yeah, and like different. now i'm your violet yeah Ooh, interesting yeah dub- and double meaning there too yeah poison ivy also has double meaning but doesn't work quite the same like it's like a villain in uh dc in comics yeah, yeah. <laughs> but i think it's just it's interesting and i think that like obviously at face value, it's that idea of just, like, no one wants to be around Poison and Ivy, but everyone loves a daisy. Sure. So it's that same idea. But I, I liked this, that take on it. That's very interesting. Especially because we know that Taylor has read Fitzgerald. Yeah, of course. So, Devin, mm. what is your favorite line in Don't Blame Me? So I said it already. Mm-hmm. My name is whatever you decide. Oh, yes. Yeah. It's a, That's a sexy line. I like that one. And then I give honorable mention to... To the, oh, after. Yeah, it's so good. You know, after each of those lines. The, I got so high. Oh. oh. Like, great. Like, so, so good. So good. My and name is whatever you decide kind of makes me think of, like, call me by your name almost. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was a little tough for me on this one because they're, like, so much of it is repeated that, you know, you had to be able to find a couple of lines here and there. Yeah, and I think a lot of this song is partially about the lyrics, but a lot of it is also about the sound. And the feeling. And yeah, and I love the sound and feeling yeah, of this which song. Is, which is so rare for you because you're mostly about the lyrics. I know, but I think it's because I saw it live. So it's a different experience when you can feel it all around you in a gigantic stadium. 
So Gab, what is your favorite line? So a couple honorable mentions are things that I brought up earlier, which was that I once was poison ivy, but now I'm your daisy, Mm -hmm. as well as I like the O where she goes, oh, and she goes up and it's like she holds it and it's so good. I love when she sings that. Love it. But my favorite line in the song is, they say she's gone too far this time. Mm. Yeah, so it's almost like Taylor being like, I dare you. Tell me I've gone too far. Tell me I'm a man eater. I dare you to say it. Like, I'm crazy again. I'm going to ruin this man too. Like, it's just like what everyone said about like, oh, she's a like serial dater, which like, mm-hmm. there's so many people who date more than her. And also she was in her sure. 20s. That's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. And if if she were a man, no one would be blinking an eye. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And that's also what then the man inspires. Yeah. So I just like love that line. They say she's gone. And the way she says it, gone too far this time. And I yep. don't blame me. Like, uh-huh. I just... I just love it. I love like the angst and anger to it, but also the like, I'm rising above this. Are you with me? Like, oh, mm-hmm. it's really great. Does I did something bad come right before it? Yes. And so you get you get like all of this. Or is like, that number two? Two is endgame. I okay. do know that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you get like four songs in a row of like F the media. <laughs> yeah, and it's just, it's epic. Like, yes. I I did something bad. I just, I you, you're love obsessed with that song. song. And so then So that, let me up. Let me up. We'll get yes, to it. We'll, we'll get, get to it. it. But so I love that song going into this song, too. Yeah. It's great. And it takes, like, that blank space persona, and it brings it to this other, yeah. like, darker, more intense level. Yeah. Which I love. Yeah, and then it, and then it drops down into Delicate. It's yeah, like which is you have like, like this these high, like this high emotion, and then and then hits on this and it's so unbelievably personal. vulnerable song. Yeah, yeah, and I think what's so awesome about Reputation is not seeing those songs just in a vacuum, and that's why it's such a good album because it really tells this story, right? And that's why the concert worked so well. Yeah, it was in the so direction of epic. it, and I mean. And the costumes and the sets, like, I mean, so epic. I mean, when I literally have watched the Ready For It segment of the tour, maybe like a hundred times yeah. just for like the epicness of it. Yeah. Like the beginning, even before she's on stage, like that, in the red lights. And everyone's freaking out. And everyone's out. just freaking out. And the silhouette. The silhouette the is silhouette. so good. Yeah. And then, the, then the the camera, you know, facing towards the audience with the gigantic crowd and yeah. her just standing there about to sing, like so epic. Well, and I think that's what's so cool about when she performs this song. Her whole body is in it when she sings this song. Yeah, and this was one of those songs where I was like, "Oh, girl can sing." Yeah, and it was like really, really impressive. It, it must have been really cool for her because. As we've talked about, like, this album was in response directly to the media and how they're portraying her. Mm -hmm. And to know that every night she had 40,000 people there cheering her on. And also to a sold-out stadium tour. Like, sold-out stadium. And she knew that, like, my fans don't care. Yeah, they're 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 here for me, you know? Like, how cool must that have been? Not to mention the cathedral. Tharsis and the of validation her getting that out, getting yeah. the anger, the Every emotion, night. the happiness, getting it all out there on the stage. Like the best therapy. Amazing. And like for all of us, too. Yeah. Ugh. It's really special. Amazing. Yeah. All right, Gab. So on a scale of one to ten, poison ivies there, now you're daisy. Yeah, I had to play around with the tensing on that one. But it worked. It kind of yeah, it works. 
Okay. What, what would you give it? I'm going to give Don't Blame Me seven poison ivies that are now my daisy. Okay. Um, I love this song. Seeing it live was just so, so epic. I think as we've followed before, the songs that though I most love and give tens are ones that I really like directly relate to yeah. or help me through something, mm-hmm. which doesn't mean that they're either better or worse songs. It's just for my favorites, yeah. which, you know, just to remind everyone. So yeah, so for me, it's it's a seven. I think it's a fantastic song. I love Taylor on it, but I don't personally connect to it the same way I do others. Sure. But her voice <laughs> is so fantastic yeah yeah so good what about you Devin? from one to ten poison ivies that are now your daisy going to give it four okay poison ivies they're now your daisy okay for all of the reasons that i've stated before mm-hmm. i did not have the honor of being at this mm-hmm. concert mm-hmm. i don't have that experience and it's a song that doesn't really do it for me. I think she has written so many better songs. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, on this podcast, we can't give everything a 10 and we can't give everything a nine and we have to have our true feelings or else it wouldn't be our podcast. It wouldn't be our podcast. Yeah. If you love this song with all of your heart, absolutely. We are so happy that you do. Yeah. Like that is the most amazing thing about her music is that everyone has their favorites. Yeah. And literally there's not one song that I haven't seen on at least like social media that isn't someone's favorite. Yeah, like every know? every time we do a song, somebody posts and they're like, this is my favorite song. Yeah. And we love it. So keep listening along with us. You can check us out on Instagram at Tata Z Podcast and give us all your thoughts. We love to hear it. We love when people love songs that we're not as much love, dislike songs. We want to hear everyone's take. If you have a different take on the drug metaphor, if you, you know, hadn't thought about the Daisy line in that way, like we want to hear all your takes. We love hearing from you guys. Yeah. Also, please remember to follow or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you have a moment, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We would greatly appreciate it. So appreciate it. So next week, we're going to be doing something a little different. A lot of you have been asking about Bye Bye Baby Mm -hmm. because it was a B. We passed it in the alphabet. And she released it, you know, after we got past the Bs. Yep. So next week, we are doing both, don't you? And Bye Bye Baby in the same week. From Fearless Taylor's version. From Fearless Taylor's version from The Vault. From The Vault. Our first Vault songs. Very, very very exciting. exciting. They'll come out on different days. Yes. So you guys are going to get a little... We're going to get a two for next week. A little extra Tata Z. (laughs) And this is going to be how we handle it going forward when Taylor releases new From the Vault songs. Yes. Well, and if we've passed that letter in the alphabet, whatever next From the Vault song we get to... Yes. We'll cover the one we missed. We'll go back. Yes. So don't worry. Every song will be covered. Will be covered. As long as it was released on a Taylor recorded album. Absolutely. We will revisit Better Man if we can... At the end of the alphabet, or if she releases it on red from the vault. Which is likely it's on the table. Yeah. Also, we love seeing all of your theories on what re record is coming next. Yes, we are as intrigued as you all are. So we can't wait to talk to you guys next week. Come hang with us. I'm Devin. And I'm Gab. This has been Tata Z. Thanks for listening. See you next time.